Hi, this is Lori Rumback, head volleyball coach from Tiffin Calvert, wishing you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Hi, this is Aaron Chaney, head coach of Arlington Baseball, wishing you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Hi, this is Trina Hagemeyer from North Baltimore. Tis the season to wish one another joy, love, and peace. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Hi, this is Matt Coleman, head baseball coach of the Tiffin Calvert Senecas. Calvert Baseball would like to wish you and yours a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Go Senecas! Welcome on into this edition of the NWO Orthopedics Sports Auto here from the Frickers Studios, ESPN 1430 AM, 105.7 FM, WFOB, Classic, it's 96.7 WBV. I'm Lance Morris, Matt Common, here with you this Wednesday night. Thank you for making us a part of your Wednesday night for this edition of the show, and Merry Christmas to everyone out there as well, as we'll have our special Christmas edition of the show here coming up. Matt, how are you doing? Well, a very, very Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays to everyone out there as well. It's a... Uh, uh, look, I look forward to this show every year. Like this is a, a, in lieu of an annual raise or bonus. I get this Christmas show. So I'm very excited about it. It's going to be a good one. So much fun stuff on deck for you guys. It's going to be a great show this evening. Hope y'all enjoy it. Ho- hope y'all get a kick out of it. We're, we're going to have some fun along the way. And uh, uh, for those of you that wonder that the tradition does live on. Yes. On the 23rd, I will still be celebrating Festivus as well. So Lance, be prepared for my airing of grievances sometime Saturday afternoon. Um, We can choose to stand around an aluminum light pole if we so choose. Otherwise, we'll save that for the feats of strength later in the afternoon and evening amongst the family dinners. But uh, no, man, I I love this time of year. Holidays are great. It's it's always fun to spend time with family, get to do all the fun holiday tchotchke kind of things that are out there and it, it it's gonna be a good one we got a great show tonight it's gonna be a good holiday show it's been a great holiday season already so you know let's just get after it now would be a great time to tell you because i as you know i i fancy myself uh, i don't know if i'd quite say aficionado when it comes to uh the ugly christmas sweater but i i do have a ritual uh, if it were um so last year i bought the it was the National Lampoon Christmas Vacation, and it was like the house, and I, you know, would flip a switch, and it would light up just like it does, you know, with the uh, a, a gazillion lights. This year, I got a Festivus one. You did? I did. You got a fet? No way. I did. I do. Oh, I, it is in I was, my closet. I was say my 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 ugly Christmas sweater this year. I um, I went with a uh, it's Santa. And the chimney actually acts as a can holder. Nice. On the sweater itself or like cup holder on the sweater itself. 
Because if you're wearing an ugly Christmas sweater, you're having a particular type of drink in your hand in some capacity. So why not have a traveler with you in the chimney? Makes all the sense in the world to me. I, I mean, it may, I, I, I can't imagine anything that's made more sense in my entire life. It's, <laughs> although a Festivus sweater, you're going to have to like send me the link to that. I need to find a Festivus sweater. That'd be amazing. <laughs> I, I can do that. Oh, Festivus. It's a Festivus for the rest of us. That's all I know. But yes, we got Greg. Great holiday show. Great sports huddle on deck for you guys. On this edition, of course, we will still talk with uh, Kevin Harris for our Ohio State Buckeye football fix with everything that's taken place over the last few weeks and get ready for uh, for the Cotton Bowl as well. And and as uh, Matt alluded to, I will uh, I'll hand the reins to him. I'll, I'll say unwillingly, even though we do it by year, each year. Um, so I guess, Matt, not that you have to get all uh, into what you have, but what's, uh, I guess, the amuse-bouche for uh, what you have planned? So first of all, let's just address the elephant in the room. It's not unwillingly. You you well, enjoy the show, too. Mm, well, mm. we have fun with it. Maybe. I know me behind the driver's wheel is terrifying, but we still have fun with it. Yeah, no, that's, that's, uh, no, that's, we got that's the unwilling. Stuff. We're, we're going to be sharing some holiday mocktails. And for the grownups at home listening, they're very easy to switch to actual cocktails as well. Just kind of put two and two together on a few of the recipes, sharing some international holiday traditions and stories from the holidays around the globe. Cause there's actually some really cool ones out there. Including a few that I've never even realized were the case, but it'll be fun to go through that. We are Lance and I are going to be testing our uh, voice acting and narration abilities. And then we do have a Christmas song tier list. We're going to try and get into that. I'm, I'm curious to see where some of yours stand. We got 15 songs to choose from putting them in a proper tier list. I'm curious to see where you go with yours. And then who knows, maybe a little Christmas magic at some point throughout the show. You never know. Holidays are here. Magic is in the air. Maybe, just maybe, there might be a little bit of holiday magic later on in the program. And we might not be physically at the Frickers in Finley, but of course stop in for their daily specials tonight. Get their sirloin steak dinner. Kids eat free all day, every day at Frickers. Pick up from the carryout window. Dine in or get delivery through DoorDash. Daily specials are all dine-in only. Download the Frickers app. Find them online at Frickers.com. And with that, we'll go ahead and step aside for a quick timeout. We'll come back and talk with Kevin Harris, writer from Meet on Midfield, the comeback and offline announcing here on the NWO Orthopedics Sports Auto from the Frickers Studios. At Blanchard Valley Health System, we're looking for individuals to join our family of professionals. We require compassion, dedication, and the desire to make a difference in a fast-paced healthcare environment. Jobs are available in clinical and support services. We offer competitive wages and benefits. The culture of BVHS is unique and rewarding. Visit bvhealthsystem.org backslash careers to search our current openings. Blanchard Valley Health System, we're here for you. Getting the kids to practice on time. Remembering if it's your day to bring snacks. Making it to the game with a clean jersey. Why are simple things sometimes so complicated? Thankfully, with auto owners, insurance doesn't have to be one of them. Auto owners works with independent agents who answer when you call, so you can worry about more important things, like whether your kid is going to run toward first or third base. That's simple human sense. Ask Financial Design Insurance Agency in New Regal if auto owners make sense for you. Hi, this is Stefan Adams, head coach of Finley High School. 
wishing you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. This is Scott Garlock, head football coach of the Liberty Benton Eagles, wishing you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Hi, this is Josh McGrain from Arlington High School, wishing you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Hi, this is Judd Lutz, head football coach at Tiffin Columbian, and I just want to wish you guys a very Merry, Happy Christmas, and a Happy New Year. Welcome back on into this edition of the NWO Orthopedics Sports Huddle from the Frickers Studios, ESPN 1430 AM, 105.7 FM, WFOB, along with Classic Hits 96.7 WBVI, Lance Morris, Matt Common here with you this Wednesday night. The Ohio State Buckeyes will be playing in the Cotton Bowl in Arlington, Texas. That'll be on December 29th against Missouri. You can hear that on WFOB. We're now pleased to be joined by Kevin Harris, Schrader from Meet on Midfield, along with the comeback and awful announcing we talked a couple weeks ago about all the different things going on in the Ohio State world. We'll talk about some of those other things that have uh, changed as well. But, Kevin, let's talk about the Cotton Bowl and uh, who actually will be playing on the Ohio State side after a bunch of guys uh, went into the transfer portal. So who are some of the uh, top players that either have already been playing or that will be making their uh, first kind of time uh, in uh, bigger roles uh, in uh, in the bowl game? You know, it's really a little bit hard to tell um so far nobody has opted out of the cotton bowl um besides the obvious players who are transferring from ohio state um so i think in terms of that the only two that are like kind of a a big deal that will not be on the field for ohio state um is obviously kyle mccord there will be a different quarterback it'll be devin brown ryan day announced that devin brown's going to be the starter against uh missouri so that's the obvious one Another one that um, is kind of, uh, I hesitate to say exciting because I really like this kid, but with Julian Fleming gone, he was a starter who was transferring. Um, That means that we will, even if Marvin Harrison Jr. plays um, and Emeka Abuka plays, Abuka said he's going to play. He hasn't made his NFL draft decision, but he has said he's going to play. Marvin Harrison Jr. has not said that he's going to play. Um, But even if Marvin Harrison Jr. plays, with Fleming out of the field, that means that we're going to see a lot more of Carnell Tate and Brandon Ennis. Um, maybe Jaden Ballard gets a little bit of run too. So if if Marvin Harrison Jr. does not play, then you're going to see a lot more um, of Ennis, Tate, um, and some of the younger receivers too. So I think that is really the main thing. Um, other than that, not really like not a lot of guys have opted out um and i don't really expect that to happen i think that the vast majority of players will play um i think there are some guys who like it might make sense to opt out i think the opt-outs make sense if you are like a guaranteed like high-end first round pick or you're playing your last game of your college career after a long career and there's really nothing you can do to improve your draft stock like uh, a guy and that means like a guy like maybe Tommy Eichenberg or um, Josh Proctor like those guys like straight up if Tommy Eichenberg and um, and Josh Proctor like suffered an injury in this game it would be like devastating to their NFL career like God forbid that happen if they decide to play. But I like those guys to me make more sense to opt out than even like Marvin Harrison Jr. Like if Marvin Harrison Jr. goes out and tears his ACL or something like that in playing in the Cotton Bowl, like he's going to be fine. He's still going to be a top five pick. But like 
guys like that who have played their entire career, put a whole bunch of stuff on tape and are kind of like in that middle tier uh, in the NFL draft, like Tommy Eichenberg or Josh Proctor, like those sort of guys. Those are the sort of guys that I think need to be opting out, but they haven't so far. So that's kind of a long way, to, way of saying that pretty much just the receivers and quarterback are at this point going to be different. Uh, now, sticking with that a little bit, I know we're talking the Cotton Bowl, but I, I got to tell you, man, I got thrown off uh, for two distinct reasons about Julian Fleming announcing his entrance in the transfer portal. Number one, I was like 95% convinced he was gone, but in terms of going to the NFL kind of situation. And two, just the fact that he was probably going to be that wide receiver one or wide receiver two next year. In, in this system, have you gotten any insight as to what his thought process is, or is it just a matter of he kind of wants to change the scenery? No, I, I think it's I think it's reading between the lines of what's going to happen. I think that's assumed that he would be a wide receiver one or two. I'm not sure that's really reality based on who he is as a wide receiver. Um, I think in terms of just like pure ball catching ability and pure like receiving ability, I would not be shocked if like Tate has kind of already passed him in that regard. Um, and if Abuka comes back next year, like I think he might. Um, I, I think that you're talking about him being like the third on the depth chart. And on top of that, like I've been very clear about what I think about Jeremiah Smith, the incoming freshman. Like I think he's the best wide receiver prospect since like Julio Jones. I think he, there's a very real chance that midway through the season, he works his way into the starting rotation too as a true freshman. So like I... I, this is taking nothing away from Julian Fleming. I love Julian Fleming, but his role on this team was going to be is an every down, like kind of blocking wide receiver. That's his biggest asset. And I do agree that he could leave right now and go to the NFL. And I think he could start a long career, but I think going somewhere else will allow him to be like the focal point of an offense wherever he goes um, in a way that he would just not be at Ohio state. And Yes, he could go to the NFL right now. I think I was kind of expecting him preseason to go to the NFL, but I think he realizes that after four years of tape playing at Ohio State and, you know, what he's done, um, he has not been a bad receiver, obviously, like he's, you know, put up good numbers, but in terms of his use in an offense, his utility in an offense as a blocker and going downfield and making the catches he needs to make, like those sort of things, plus maybe a year going to uh, a lower level power five school and putting up big numbers. I think that could be huge for his draft stock. Cause he's just like, even if he is a like higher on the depth chart or higher on the priority next year, he's not, he's not going to be a wide receiver one or wide receiver two realistically in terms of targets, just based on who else Ohio state has in that room. So um, Ohio state did not push him out the door by any means. They would have loved to have him back. He has a great value to this offense, but it's totally understandable why a guy like that who could make a lot more money if he, you know, had a thousand yard wide receiver or a thousand yard season chose to kind of go somewhere else. This is the NWO orthopedics sports huddle from the Fricker studios talking with Kevin Harris, Ryder from me at midfield to come back and awful announcing the Buckeyes, of course, will be taking on Missouri in the cotton bowl, 10 and two, their losses come to LSU and Georgia. So some pretty decent teams in their own right. That LSU game was a wild one back when uh, when they played earlier this year. What are some of the things uh, we should know about this Missouri team? Yeah, this Missouri offense is awesome. You know, I I, I really like um, pretty much everybody on the skill. Every, every skill player, top skill player they have is just like legitimately very good. Um, you know, it, it, it starts with quarterback Brady Cook. Um, Cook was on our list of like 
our 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 fantasy list of guys that Ohio State could like induce into the transfer portal and try to get him. Um, maybe winner of this game gets to go home with Brady Cook, but no, I, I think he'll be back at Missouri. I don't think that's realistic, but I, I like Brady Cook a lot. I think he's an awesome quarterback. Um, I mean, I think he'll be the best quarterback on the field, and that's you know um, high praise for a guy playing against an Ohio State quarterback. Um, he's awesome. He's thrown for like 3,000 yards this season. Um, he also has an incredible wide receiver, a really an incredible group of wide receivers. There's Luther Bird in the third. Um, I, like this guy's awesome. He is, um, I think, one of the best wide receivers in the country this year, uh, just purely in terms of what he means for this offense too. Um, you know, he's he's going to be a real test against. He's. I mean, this is a future NFL player. I think if you're looking for a, a big matchup, Denzel Burke has said that he's going to play. Um, you know, Denzel Burke versus Luther Burden, like that is that is a premier NFL like. Like both of those guys are going to be playing on Sundays. So I think that's really a, a good matchup. Another receiver to watch um, didn't have quite the numbers as Luther Burden, but Mookie Cooper, he's a former Ohio State commit, not commit, former Ohio State player. Um, he played for Ohio State for one year, uh, ultimately saw what was going on in the receiver room and transferred closer to home um, back to Missouri. And I mean, he's kind of a slot guy, like a smaller guy, but he's put up some big numbers this year, um, made some big plays for them. Uh, so the, the that whole receiving core is good to watch. And then their running back, Cody Schrader, is also awesome, too. He's, um, I think, one of the best running backs in America, too. Um, six yards per carry, almost 1,500 yards rushing this season. Like, uh, all in all, their offense is just stacked. Um, their defense is is very solid. Like, it's not a bad defense by any means. But this is very much a, a team that kind of goes by its skill players on offense. Uh, so I guess a follow-up with that, especially with, what you're saying, it sounds like this Missouri team. I don't know. I always get the feeling that Missouri is one of the biggest recipients of SEC love in the rankings year in and year out whenever they're like moderately competitive. Is that just my take on it? Or do you act, do you actually see this Missouri team as, Hey, they're actually a team that's pretty well built, pretty well put together and should be able to actually make a game of it against Ohio state. Yeah. You know, I think it's both. I think that like, they do get a little more love than they otherwise would have um, in other seasons because they have that kind of SEC bump. But at the same time, like playing against a lot of these other SEC schools that we know are good. Like I know that LSU is a good team. Um, I know that Georgia is a good team. Um, and frankly, like Missouri played well in both of those games too. So being in the SEC kind of gives you a good barometer of like being able to compare them to other schools that I'm very certain are good. And when you're impressed with the way that they've played um, against those teams, it kind of tells you, you know, how how talented these teams really are. So I I was not super high on Missouri even midway through the season, but um, the consistency that they've shown, I I think I I believe that this is a very good football team. So um, I I don't I don't know who is the better football team, but I know that this is a, a legitimate like good matchup. Um, especially because it seems like a lot of players on both sides of the ball are going to play. So that's a lot of fun. I think that uh, these matchups have kind of lost their luster a little bit um, with players opting out. And I, I completely get it. Like I completely get why a player would not want to play or risk injury in a uh, essentially a meaningless game, but um, it doesn't seem like that's going to really be the case largely in this game. And um, I think that's kind of fun. I think it'll be a good matchup between both teams. And ultimately, how do you see uh, how do you see this one playing out? 
you know, I, I think with what, with what Ohio State has and is returning, um, I think Ohio State will end up winning. I think it's a little tough to um, like prognosticate this a little bit because we haven't seen Devin Brown play like an entire game. So like you're talking about just speculating what Ohio State's offense looks like with Devin Brown as the quarterback. So um, I think Ohio State has more talent on both sides of the ball. Um, I think, you know, maybe I, I probably think I think Missouri has the better offense in this game, but I think Ohio State's defense and the combination of Ohio State's defense and offense is better than the combination of um, Missouri's defense and offense. And so I think Ohio State's going to win this game by maybe like a touchdown late or something like that. But I think it's going to be a really fun game. And I think both teams are um, really, really talented with a lot of future NFL players. And the winner gets to take home the Missouri quarterback. Yeah, that'd be right. cool. That'd be cool. Yeah, yeah we can. I, I feel I feel like if they opened with that during the game, like during the coin toss, like, you know, the rules. Oh, the stakes would be way team cooler. Heads or tails. And uh, oh, by the way, winner gets to take home the quarterback. Good yeah. luck, everybody. Yeah. Yeah, that's it, it certainly up the stakes a little bit. Get people to, to tune in. Though <laughs> no, I. I will say, speaking of the quarterback position, I know we mentioned transfer portal a little bit with Julian Fleming and obviously wish list situation with that as well. Have you heard any rumblings yet as it seems like the quarterback transfer portal free agency period is kind of starting to dry up a little bit as a lot of the bigger names seem to have landed on their uh, destinations of choice. Have you heard anything coming out of Ohio State about who's visiting who might be in the running who's still out there anything that comes to mind or are we really gonna run with Devin Brown yeah I I think there's there's a couple things at play here um I think there are a couple guys maybe one guy that Ohio State would have looked and would have brought in and it was Riley Leonard um the Duke quarterback that just committed to uh Notre Dame maybe about a week ago I think Ohio State would have um, very much entertained taking Riley Leonard at quarterback. I think the reality of the situation is that there aren't a lot of guys in the portal right now that Ohio State just thinks is worth it. And I think the thing to understand here is it's not, we're not just talking about whether or not um, X, X, Y, and Z player in the portal are better than Devin Brown or Lincoln Keenholz. That's, you know, I think there are plenty of players in the portal that are probably better than both of those quarterbacks. Like, I, I I think there are a few guys who I think would be an upgrade at the quarterback position. The problem is not whether or not it's an upgrade. It's whether or not the upgrade is worth it for what you would have to pay uh, in NIL money to get that quarterback at Ohio State. And so the reality of the situation is that to get a transfer quarterback in modern college football it's going to cost you like $2 million. Like these top quarterbacks, it's going to take like a, a $2 million chunk out of your NIL budget. And if your NIL budget for high school recruiting and, you know, transfer portal recruiting at other positions is like 9 million or something like that. I think it's in like the high single digits in, in terms of, you know, what, what cash is available, um, what you can realistically promise players. A quarterback takes out a huge chunk of that. And so you really get into the it's it's very much like a, a salary cap sort of situation. It's modern college football where it's like you're not even just evaluating whether evaluating whether or not this guy from the portal is better than what you have. 
It's, is he $2 million better than what you have when you could use that money on, you know, offensive linemen or defensive linemen out of the portal, like things like that, or um, using NIL deals to make sure that some of these guys that are on the fence about going to the NFL are, you know, you can bring some of them back. So I think it's just, it's a, are any of these players good enough in the portal that it kind of forces your hand and like says like, Oh, we have to go and get this guy. And I think I said it like last time we talked, like there isn't a Justin Fields in this portal. Like there's not, um, I really liked Malachi Nelson, the USC quarterback who just went in the portal. Um, I don't think that there have been good things said about him, um, on the USC end about like his practice habits and stuff like that. Um, I, I have heard poor things about the way that he has practiced at USC, um, that, makes me think that Ohio state will not pursue him, but like the reality is there just isn't a like program changing guy or a guy that you can bring in right now. That's like decidedly better than what you have. And so when it would cost you $2 million or like, you know, 20, 25% of your NIL budget to bring a guy in that you're like maybe convinced is better than the options that you have at quarterback. Like it might just not be worth it. And so I think that's the reality of the situation for Ohio state right now that could change. Like, I think there are a couple guys that if they did enter the portal, Ohio state probably would be over. Um, I, you know, I think Brady cook is one of them. Um, I think, uh, I think who's, who are some other ones? I think Caden Salter out of Liberty. I think if he entered the portal or the portal, I think he would, Ohio state would be all over him. Um, I know Michael Pratt out of Tulane is um, looking towards the NFL. If he decides not to go to the NFL and instead, goes into the portal, I think Ohio State would look after him. So there are some guys that um, could be on the, uh, that Ohio State could go for. I just don't think of the current portal options, Ohio State's really willing to, you know, get in the weeds with that. I, I, you know, you hear talk of like Cam Ward a lot or like KJ Jefferson or those sort of guys. I just, I don't think that Ohio State's going to be willing to pay what it takes to get those guys because they just don't see it as enough of an upgrade. But again, a guy like Caden Salter or um, Michael Pratt or Brady cook or something like that. If one of those guys enters the portal, I think that's uh, that might change the calculus a little bit. Talking with Kevin Harris, writer for me at a midfield, the comeback and awful announcing on the NWO orthopedics sports huddle from the Fricker studios, classic hits 96, seven WBVI ESPN, 1430 AM 105.7 FM WFOB. We'll stick with the uh, NIL portion of things and so forgive me if this is a work of fiction or if this is just Twitter X or whatever it's called just going nuts. But there were rumors about Marvin Harrison and him getting some sort of crazy NIL deal to come back to Ohio State. So I guess A, is any part of that true? Or And B, if it was true, you just said that the NIL money was not that high, whereas there were rumors of like even higher than the numbers you were saying. What do you make of uh, any part of that if that is true fiction or somewhere in between yeah the 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 number i i've heard that too the like um marvin harrison jr is being offered like a 30 million dollar nil package or like a record-breaking nil package that's not true like that's that's just not true um that's fantasy that's not happening um i i don't know who makes these things up um that's not true he Marvin Harrison Jr. would be well compensated if he decided to return back to Ohio State, um, whether it's directly from an NIL collective or like, look, let's face it, this guy's super marketable. You can walk through a store in Columbus and I think he's on like several like advertisements in like Kroger and stuff like that. So um, he's he's marketable in himself. Um, 
he he would be fine if he came back. And I think it's to the point that he even said, like, uh, if he returns to Columbus, like his decision whether or not to enter the NFL draft this year versus like next year, it's not based around money. And I believe that because like this is a guy who has never been hurting his for money his entire life. Like his dad's a Hall of Fame wide receiver, um, probably has several, several million dollars in the bank right now. Um, and now Marvin Harrison Jr. is probably making, uh, you know, probably six, seven figures in NIL money as it is. So this is a guy that isn't hurting for money. But no, the, the number of like $30 million or whatever, like that's complete fiction. That's bigger. That's like three times the size of Ohio State's entire NIL budget. So no, that's not real. Um, but I, I, I don't, I don't really, I don't think that Marvin Harrison Jr. is coming back. I don't think that that's reality. Um, but I think there is a, I think that he would sincerely entertain it. I think that he would um, simply because like he, he's is able, he is able to kind of overcome the financial burden of returning back to college, like more so than many other guys, like the majority of college football players who are making this decision um, do not have several million dollars in the bank personally and a family that has several million dollars in the bank. Um, and so I think like it does change the decision-making even slightly that he um, doesn't necessarily need to make it all about money. So I, I think that like in a guy, in a situation like CJ Stroud or whatever last year, it was just too much to pass up, especially when you could come back with um, what we saw was kind of a, a, a hurting Ohio state offensive line and he could have risked injury or whatever. Like I, you know, like that's a guy that did not grow up with a ton of money. Um, and that's kind of life-changing money, but like I could see Marvin Harrison jr. Talking himself into wanting to come back, um, as a guy that isn't so focused on the money, knowing that like, if he goes next year, he's still going to be a top five pick. Like there's nothing Marvin Harrison could do next year to not be a top five pick next year too. And I don't think that he accomplished the goals that he wanted to accomplish at Ohio state. Like it, it wouldn't like absolutely shock me if he came back, but at the same time, like I would say he's like 85 to 90% gone. Like I, I, I don't, I don't expect him to come back by any means. Um, but I wouldn't be absolutely shocked if he decided that, uh, that yeah, he is going to run it back one more time, but to your question, no, the, the, the NIL package, the $30 million NIL package, like that's not real. There's no, there's no chance that's real. Um, I heard that number tossed around for like Travion Henderson too. Also not real. Um, so that, yeah, the, the Ohio state's NIL budget is like, from what I understand in like the high seven figures. So if he's 85%, 90% gone, I'll go ahead and throw my crazy rumor that I've been hearing for some reason, gaining traction as of late, but let, 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 let me walk you down the rabbit hole. Marvin Harrison Sr. played at Syracuse. No. Cord, he's not going to Syracuse. I said, I, I'm just, okay, I do need to ask. Did you see that nonsense too? No, I did Spread not. Pop? I did not. Look, I did some... not. But I, 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 can, I can tell you with certainty that Marvin Harrison Jr., for a number of reasons, will not be following Kyle McCord to Syracuse. It's I I just I was curious just to get your reaction to it because it's one of the most absurd rumors. It'd be I've very ever funny. Seen. 
It'd it be funny. very funny. And I don't know where it originated. Like, I don't know if Barstool Syracuse is actually a thing, but if it is, I mean, hats off to them. This was a good one. But it, the, the rumor stated, or at least the conspiracy theory, was that since Marvin Harrison Sr. went to Syracuse, that Marvin Harrison Jr. hadn't declared for the draft yet because he was waiting for Syracuse to put together a $30 million NIL deal. No. For him to come yeah. be the starting receiver <laughs> for them next year. It'd be really funny. I almost wish it would happen. Like, that'd be a really funny story. Um, but no, that's it's not going to happen. Okay, now flip side of that, though. If Marvin Harrison Jr. does elect to come back, does that say more about who would be near the top of the draft to pick him and where him kind of wanting to dictate where he goes? Like Eli Manning or John Elway style from back in the day? Or is it just more... He really does want that win against Michigan or that national title. It would be the second. I think um, CJ Stroud last year, I think there were legit uh, issues that he um, was considering what, what the top of the draft was looking like and stuff like that. Um, I, I think Marvin Harrison Jr. is not really worried about the teams that are going to pick him. I think if he were to choose to come back, it would purely be um, about a lot left to accomplish. You know, like this is the guy who, um, I think he's already one of the best wide receivers, probably the best wide receiver in Ohio State history. Um, but this is a guy that kind of has a chance to just completely cement his legacy at Ohio State if he comes back and, um, you know, wins, leads the team to a national title. Um, he could win the Heisman. He could uh, um, win a Big Ten title, beat Michigan. Like, this is a guy that still has a lot in his college legacy that he could add that would kind of solidify him as, like, one of the best players ever to put on an Ohio state uniform um, and not just be like kind of in the conversation. So I think that's, what's at play. Um, not necessarily uh, just his um, not necessarily like drafts position or anything like that. I think it's more just about what he would be leaving behind at Ohio state. This is the NWO orthopedics sports auto from the Fricker studios talking with Kevin Harris, Ryder from me in a midfield along with the comeback and awful announcing. Let's shift over now into the playoff games. We, of course, have Alabama against Michigan along with Texas versus Washington. Uh, what are some of the uh, things you're looking forward to seeing uh, in the playoff games? Yeah, I mean, I, I think they're fun games. I think that they are. Um, I, I like I think the teams are fun that are in the in the playoff, really. Um, I think I'm really excited about the Texas versus Washington game. Um, I think that. Uh, both of those teams are really fun. They have really fun offenses, um, a lot of good skill players. I really like Washington a lot. I think they are like the underdog to win the the whole playoff. Um, I don't think I think they have the worst odds of any team, but I really love their offense. Um, and more than that, like I really love the way that their defense is played, especially late in the season. Um, I think there is this there is a whole talk about Washington about um heading into the Oregon game about how like the only reason they won that game against Oregon is that Dan Lanning kind of made some like um, some mistakes uh, and some what was a little too aggressive on fourth down on some occasions and stuff like that. Um, and their defense couldn't really hold up, but they did. They, they held up great against Oregon in the second time they played. Um, and so I'm, I'm really curious to see how we obviously know that that's a really explosive offense. I'm really curious to see how um, that defense holds up and, uh, I, I think a lot has not a lot has been said, not enough has been said about Washington in the trenches. I think their offensive line is also awesome too. So I, I really like Washington, um, and I'd be I'd be excited. I think if there's a rooting interest for me, I I would love Washington to win the national title this year. 
Um, and then obviously there's Michigan, uh, Alabama, um, probably should have been Michigan, Florida state, but, um, it is what it is. But I think I, I, I don't really, I don't really know about that game. I think both of those teams have been very inconsistent throughout the season. Um, I'm curious to see how Michigan will look against a pure dual threat quarterback, um, with Jalen Milrow, um, you know, I, I don't think Bama's passing game has looked awesome this year. It's looked pretty inconsistent. Uh, and Michigan, you know, looked pretty inconsistent in the passing game, especially late in the season. So I really don't know how that game's going to play out. I think that'll be a fun game, too. Um, I think maybe Bama just has a talent, talent advantage. Michigan fans probably won't want to hear that, but um, I think Bama might have a talent advantage. But outside of that, like, I think that's going to be a fun football game that I really don't know who's going to win. Oh, well, I'll, I'll start because I got two-parter before for, for my final question on it. Uh, number one, is it wrong for me to root for a Bane situation from The Dark Knight Rises in that Michigan-Alabama <laughs> yeah. game? I'm sure, I'm sure you won't be alone there. Like, I don't want, to, I don't want anyone to get hurt. I don't want anything like that. It's, I'm, I'm not a monster. It's just, well, you know, just have, so, just have someone detonate in the field like two hours before kickoff. Yes, they can't like, play or something. Yeah. Oh no, guess Washington, Texas is now the national title game. So sad. Yeah, right. Oh no. Yeah. But uh no number two, I mean yes, when you talk about the playoffs stuff like that, we there's gonna be much more talk about as time goes on. But uh it is, you know, four days until Christmas. So just curious, any uh special holiday plans for yourself and the family this year? Not not a ton. Not a ton. Um I think we're just uh I got family in the Maslin Cleveland area or Maslin Canton area and then down in Georgia too. So uh, that's, that's all we'll be doing. Uh, well, I was about to say, if you're heading towards the Cleveland area, Kevin Harris, <laughs> I may know yeah, a no. guy in the Cleveland area. Yeah. We're, we're, not, we're not going that far. We're not going that far up. We're going to be in mostly the, the Akron Canton Maslin area. Well, talking with Kevin Harris, writer for me to midfield, the comeback and awful announcing almost out of time, but we do, of course, have uh, some of the other bowl games that, you know, some could be interesting. Ole Miss, Penn State, Georgia, Florida State, and the Orange Bowl, Liberty, Oregon, and the Fiesta Bowl. There's a handful of other, one, other ones, but any of those uh, bowl games that are not the uh, playoff games and not the Ohio State games, any of those uh, stand out to you? You know, weirdly, I think the, like, the random bowls are way more fun these days because the players aren't really opting out. Um, and you kind of get like the, uh, the bowls still mean something to a lot of these teams. And so if you're looking to like watch a bowl game, um, you're probably going to, it's probably going to be a lot more interesting and um, a lot more like vintage bowl feeling to watch. Like, I don't know, like watch rice and uh, Texas state duke it out or something like that. Like those are, those are going to be the fun games and those are the fun games like these days. Um, and you've already seen it. Like there's been some crazy things that have happened in the bowl games already this week. Um, so I, I, I cannot emphasize enough. Like if you were just looking for a football game, a good football game to watch, some of these lower tier bowls are going to be better than what you're going to see from the new year's six bowls, frankly. But, um, outside of that, I think that the most like premier matchup is probably, um, the, that orange bowl matchup between Georgia and Florida state. I think that those are, uh, Obviously, those are two like playoff contenders. Even if guys are opting out of those games and they have, um, I think that those are uh, obviously going to be kind of like Ohio State situation where it's going to be a preview of what next year's team is going to look like in a lot of cases. So um, I think that's maybe the one game that I would 
have circled in terms of uh, just being excited for whatever's going to happen in that game. This has been Kevin Harris, meet at midfield rider along with the comeback and off when Owens and Kevin, thank you once again for taking the time to talk with us all year long. And we'll catch up sometime in uh, 2024 to talk uh, about the cotton bowl and uh, get ready for the national title game. Yeah, sounds good. With that, we'll step aside for a quick timeout. We'll come back and get started with the Christmas portion of our Christmas special here on the NWO Orthopedics Sports Huddle from the Fricker Studios. Due to substantial growth at Morgan Advanced Materials, we're hiring and want you to join our team. If you're looking for a competitive starting wage, Morgan Advanced Materials has production operator positions starting at $19.76 an hour with the potential of up to $23.91 an hour. Join our team at Morgan Advanced Materials located in Fostoria. Call us at 419-360-9751 or head to morganadvancedmaterials.com to launch a career that strives to make this world a better place. Seneca Millwork is now hiring. They have a starting pay of $18.04 an hour with a raise to $18.31 after 90 days with a shift differential of $0.25 an hour for the third shift. Seneca Millwork offers medical, vision, dental, life insurance, and a 401k contribution. Apply online at SenecaMillwork.com or apply online through Indeed. Come work at Seneca Millwork, located at 300 Court Place in Faustoria. Seneca Millwork, part of the Ropey Holding Company family. Hi, this is Tom Loomis, boys head basketball coach at Foster High School. Just want to take a moment to wish you a very Merry Christmas, a Happy New Year, and a safe and healthy holiday season. Hello, this is Roger Jury, head coach at Hobo Loudon. I'd like to wish both you and yours a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Hi, this is Jason Vermillion, head coach of the Arlington Red Devils, wishing you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Hi, this is Ty Traxler, head coach of the Elmwood Royals boys basketball team, wishing you and your families a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Hi, this is Mark Bunn, head boys basketball coach of Van Buren Black Knights, wishing you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Hi, this is Joey Hagemeyer, head coach of the North Baltimore boys basketball team, wishing you a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Hi, this is Travis Kinn, head coach of the Tiffin Columbian boys basketball program, wishing you and your family a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Hi, this is Jamie Young, head boys basketball coach at Cary High School, wishing you and your family a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Go Devils! Back we are on the NWO Orthopedics Sports Huddle from the Frickers Studios, ESPN 1430 AM, 105.7 FM, WFOB, Class Kids 96.7, WBVI, Lance Morris, Matt in here with you this Wednesday night. Big thanks to Kevin Harris for joining us on the show today. If you missed any part of our show or just want to hear it again, head over to WFOB.com, click on the podcast page. You can hear today's show and our shows and interviews from past seasons and of course stop by the Frickers in Finley for their daily specials tonight get their sirloin steak dinner kids eat free all day every day at Frickers pick up from the KO window dine in get delivery through DoorDash download the Frickers app to see more and to place an order find them online at Frickers.com and it's uh, just about that time where I allow Matt to uh, take the wheel take the control however you would like to phrase it and uh, let him take uh, the reins for the Christmas show, so enough of uh, enough of my rambling about letting you take the show, Matt. Uh, go ahead and uh, take it away, I suppose. It's about time. Mm, I disagree. <sighs> well, there's I'm there's a- there's one thing I need to tell you though. Oh, please do. There is one thing, and that one thing is this. Yeah, you're an no, idiot. No. You're an idiot, and you don't know Christmas. 
again, Bruce Drennan, we like need to send him a royalty check at some <laughs> point. I really feel like we do. <laughs> oh, that's fun. Well, thank you, Lance. And thank you to everyone back at home tuning in, listening on, in on this one. Welcome to the NWO Christmas special portion of the NWO sports huddle. Uh, we have got some good ones on deck. We're going to start right in. It's the holidays. Things can be a little stressful. We here at WFOB, WBVI, recognize that. And we have some mocktails for you. Yes, not cocktails, because, you know, this is still a family show. But you, for all you listening at home, pretty sure you can figure out pieces, parts that need to be switched out if you need to. But we're going to jump right in with it. We each picked a few holiday mocktails. I'm going to start with a little bit of a wild card here. Because the dude does abide every holiday season, and that is a White Russian. White Russian was actually first created 1949 in Belgium, not Russia. Gets its name because it uses the popular grown-up drink of vodka, which is a Russian staple. But this mocktail in particular actually changes it up a little bit. So what you get, quarter cup of cream, half a cup of whole milk, half cup of dry sparkling vanilla soda. And then they actually recommend about a shot or two of coffee. Now, if you want to make this a holiday drink, they recommend adding peppermint oil and cranberries to it. You mix it up, pour it out. You got yourself a lovely, basically seems like borderline nice little uh, coffee with cream and milk, but very popular holiday drink in Belgium, has been for years, and it continues to be one to this day. So, mocktail number one, the White Russian. Lance, mocktail away. So, for me, nothing nothing too crazy for my first one. Uh, it's an apple cranberry spritzer. It has apple juice, cranberry juice, some Sprite, some cranberries, and some rosemary, and you just uh you just toss it back and there 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 you go nice and nice short sweet to the point. That actually does sound pretty good. Would, like I, would I would I make something that isn't good? I mean, come on. Well, no, but I mean, with holiday drinks, and this is what's kind of fun about it, you get some weird ones. Like the next one I have is an eggnog martini, which I don't know how that would be good, but I know there's like a strong eggnog contingent out there. Which where do you stand on the eggnog? I can't tell you when the last time I tried it was. Maybe it's something that I would like now that maybe my palate has matured a little more. I don't recall ever really liking it when I was young, so I've steered away from it. But maybe that's something that I need to need to give a second try to. Well, I will stand by this that I think eggnog is kind of gross. <laughs> but look, it's it's liquid egg, man. I mean, it's like there's... I, mean, I, I, I like regular eggs, so... Yeah, look, look, this is one of those, like, regular eggs, tasty. Fried eggs, wonderful. Mix eggs in and make it part of, like, other ingredients. Amazing. Turn it into liquid and pour sherry on top of it. Somehow it's disgusting. I don't know what happens in that particular moment. But the thing about eggnog, though, actually has been around since medieval Europe. This was a drink that originated around 1200 in terms of existence, which is just amazing to me. I didn't realize it's been around that long, that it's been around for this long. I've, I've always just kind of dismissed it, but the recipe that we got here for the non-sherry drinkers out there, it's four cups of milk, 
six egg yolks. Let's, yeah, okay. Two third cup of honey, a teaspoon of nutmeg, a teaspoon of cloves, teaspoon of ground cinnamon, and then one and a half teaspoons of vanilla. The actual instructions for it, which this is where I get a little fascinated because I don't think drinks should come with instructions. I agree with you. Mix it together, <laughs> give it a shake, throw it back, problem solved. Yeah. But this one, you add the milk, egg yolks, honey, nutmeg, cinnamon, and vanilla into a blender and you puree it. So you're basically making an eggnog smoothie here, which is continuing to go down the rabbit hole for the eggnog drinkers, in my opinion. You pour the mix into a small pot at medium to low heat and add the cloves. You stir to prevent the yolks from starting to solidify and turn basically into fried eggs. You don't want to boil. It cooks for about 10 minutes. You pour the mix then through a strainer, then chill the eggnog, and then when you're ready to drink, this is where it actually becomes a little bit more holiday-y as opposed to like a weird baking nightmare from everything I'm reading here. You rim the martini glass with ground cinnamon and use the honey to like kind of rim the glass as well. And you just pour the eggnog in and apparently it's delicious for eggnog drinkers. For me, that sounds just, I don't know, horrifying. So, but there you go. A non-alcoholic eggnog martini. Well, so, okay, so here's the thing. Here's the thing. Um, here's the thing. When I when you had asked me to do this, I made it from the standpoint of these are all things I would actually like. Whereas, well, you, I, whereas you have an eggnog that you're, you're openly saying you would not like, but just here's what you can make if you were so obliged. So I, my, my next one is one that I like as well. I just felt very confident that if we didn't have an eggnog one on there, people would riot because eggnog is like the traditional holiday drink kind of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Fair enough. So it was, it was me being nice. I was taking one for the team, giving okay. up one of my drinks that I would like list. That way we could put an eggnog drink on the list as well. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, I, I, I do those kind of things. I care. I'm, mm. I'm in the giving holiday spirit. I'm giving you the opportunity to have all the drinks that you like. Fair enough. So, so for my second one, uh, I I know that Brie and her parents and her mom have made some sort of variation of this, but it's called essentially Grinch Punch, and the the recipe I saw it has uh, green Hawaiian punch, Mountain Dew, and pineapple juice. Okay, that both sounds delicious and like kind of horrifying at the same time. <laughs> that I actually mean, does sound really good. It, I, no, I, I, I don't know if that's exact. I, I know I've had a variation of it at some point. I couldn't tell you what exactly that variation consisted of, but something like that I know I like in some way, shape, or form. So that was that was where it, I went with number two. So is it just so is it like it's green? That's why it's the Grinch. Yeah, exactly. Is what it boils down because green Hawaiian punch, Mountain Dew, I mean, every 10-year-old listening just went through the roof ecstatic <laughs> with that part. Oh, absolutely. Uh, that's just pure sugar at that point. Oh, well, yeah, of course. And then getting pineapple. You know what? I'm not going to lie. I might actually take that one for a test trip. <laughs> <laughs> might as well. Give it a shot. Like, who, who needs coffee? Just have a Grinch punch. <laughs> exactly. My good. I'm, I'm like really curious about that. Okay. 
Okay, that that's a good one. I like that. That is a pretty darn good one. So, all right, next one I got, kind of in the same vein that you had. It is an apple cider punch, which is just absolutely looks delicious. I mean, apple cider has been uh, American-based tradition and American-based drink for really as long as the country's been around. It's been a staple for generations after generations. And I would argue is now finally starting to get its credit it deserves as a proper holiday drink in the terms of a nice warm apple cider. I I feel it kind of gets dismissed once you hit like mid-October and gets replaced by everything else. It's 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 starting to get its rightful place in my opinion amongst the holiday drinks. But this one in particular, you can actually mix this for everyone back at home. You can make this into a drink using wine as well, preferably red wine is what they would recommend. Red wine or white, or I'm sorry, white wine, actually, they'd recommend for it. But it is very tasty. I actually, I'll be honest, I tried this myself, and it is pretty darn good. So this punch, it's six cups of apple cider, basically a can of sparkling grape juice. That's the best way to describe it. They put it down as milliliters, but I don't know how to convert that. So we're just going to say a can of sparkling grape juice. <laughs> two cups of orange juice, two tablespoons of lemon juice. Then here's the fun part. Sliced apples of your choice and then an actual whole cinnamon stick. You throw that back, mix it all together, put it in a large bowl. You get everything combined, pour and mix, stir it up, and then you throw some ice on it. Super refreshing. Absolutely delicious. And for the adults listening at home, the grown-up version is just as nice. I'm just going to tell you right now. <laughs> grown-up version is also delicious. You definitely want to take it for a test drive at some point. Very, very tasty. So two things. First off, yes, apple cider is awesome and should get all the credit that it deserves. That's number one. So underrated, right? Oh, 1,000% with you on that. The second thing, are you aware of how to tell the difference between apple cider and apple juice? I do not. I'm very curious to learn something today. Hit me with it. See, here it is. If, if it's clear and yellow, you got juice there, fella. If it's tangy and brown, you're in cider town. I want to start this by saying the fact that it was turned into a, a rhyme and a, a limerick like that. I approve. Okay, it's, it's, for, it's for, for for fairness, that's from The Simpsons. I know it's from The Simpsons. <laughs> I'm aware of what it's from. <laughs> totally aware. But I give you props for throwing that down as the history of how to tell between apple cider and apple I juice. I mean, Ned Flanders, he he's a he's a member of of that club. So I mean, come on. Ned, Ned Flanders lives in a. A place like beyond time, I believe. <laughs> I'm, I'm very confident of this. He he is he, he is as much of an institution for everything as you know. Christmas trees are a staple of the holidays. Ned Flanders is eternal. It's as simple as that. Oh yeah. But with, with that as well, you know, when I was I was looking up some of these drinks and stuff like that, and I kept finding these like interesting traditions and stuff from around the world like yeah, throughout I, st how I still, still got to do my third one 
Oh, I'm sorry. By all means, go ahead. Yeah, before you, I, you, I did, you did, got <laughs> you got me going on Ned Flanders and apple cider, man. But so go ahead, hit me with the third one. So I have a joke, third one, and then like it's not a joke, but it could be a joke because it's actually something I thought of in my brain. Okay, so for real though, joke gifts use and gag gifts usually end up being some of the best ones. This could actually be the winner of this whole little segment here. So let's hear it. So my literal joke one is a screwdriver, which is just orange juice. And I wrote down LOL because I so was so satisfied with myself. So that's my like actual joke one. Mm-hmm. And then my like thought up, maybe this could be good. Maybe it could be terrible. I, I would call this a buff hot chocolate. So it's hot chocolate. You make it up like you would a normal hot chocolate, but you mix it up with protein powder. And then if you need it, you add a little sweetener as well. And then boom, buff hot chocolate. Okay. So the, uh, that either could be good or could be terrible. There is absolutely no middle ground. The, the, the screwdriver one, just having orange juice written gold. I have no notes. <laughs> I have no notes. That would work. So I was like, oh, let's make mocktails. If you come out with a screwdriver, be like, okay, here's the ingredients. Orange juice. <laughs> yeah. And just deadpan silent. It would have worked. I'm not going to lie. I'm curious about your buff hot chocolate. Like I was just thinking of stuff and I was like, hey, maybe that could be interesting. And it could very well be interesting. It could also be terrible. I really don't know. Well, well the challenge is how do you make sure that the protein doesn't start getting nasty as it gets heated up? That's probably the, that's probably the issue with it. Well, or you just do it or you just, you don't heat it with the protein. You cook up hot chocolate as you normally would. And then add the protein. And then add it after the fact. I think that could work. Well, tell you what, I'll try the screwdriver. You can try the buff hot chocolate. We'll get back (laughs) to each other on that one. Fair enough. So we'll, we'll throw these recipes and stuff like that online somewhere for everyone to enjoy. But as I was saying before I rudely interrupted you and your drinks options here, doing all this research kind of came up with some really cool like holiday traditions around the world. So just going to give you a few here because there's a few that really stand out to me. Going to start with Japan, actually, which it's not actually a national holiday in Japan. Only 1% of the population is Christian or Christian denomination. The citizens, however, have a very particular way of celebrating the holiday. What if I were to tell you, Lance, that the most popular thing in Japan on Christmas is KFC? What? In 1974, the tradition began with a very successful marketing campaign which I'll actually put it out there so people can see. I don't want to try and butcher the translation, but what it translates to is Kentucky for Christmas. And ever since then, it has been a Yuletide hit in Japan that people actually order their boxes in advance by like several weeks. And the lines to get into KFC could actually be almost two hours long on Christmas day. Hmm. I thought that was absolutely bananas. I think, I mean, it, it's apples to oranges. That's almost just like a Chick-fil-A drive-thru now. What is like, almost like, like, where, like where it's just constantly now. packed. Yeah, well, yeah, but I mean, the, you wouldn't think of a Chick-fil-A line for Christmas. You know what I mean? Well, no, no, that's, for the that's certainly. So I, 
that's that's that certainly out there. Yeah, for sure. So that that's where we'll start. Next one that we have up is in New Zealand, which is also home to the, the Kiwi Lord of the Rings. Well, then the Kiwi, but so what makes New Zealand interesting though is because it's actually summer down there for them. So they are very big on grilling, having friends and family gathering for big cookouts. Traditional meals include fresh seafood, seasonal vegetables, and the New Zealand Christmas tree is a pohu tukawa. It's a coastal species that actually only blooms bright red flowers in December. Hmm. So popular holiday tradition for them. You throw fire up the grill, get some fresh, delicious seafood, and it's actually one of the most popular days in New Zealand to go to the beach because the, that tree in particular is actually a coastal tree. So one of the very popular traditions, and they do sing carols as well in English and um, Maori as well. So for New Zealand, kind, kind of cool tradition there. And also a little bit of a unique nature perspective that that tree only blooms in December. And now our last international Christmas tradition, it's actually the Philippines, which, I mean, Lance, if you thought that the U.S. went all out with their Christmas decorations, I got to tell you, I think San Fernando in the Philippines may actually top it. Every year, they hold a lantern festival. They call it Lig Ligan Peru, and it features thousands of lanterns that they actually kind of combine together because they want to symbolize from the biblical narrative the star of bethlehem each lantern consists of thousands of spinning lights that illuminate the night sky they are huge they're like 20 feet across and they've done this every year for decades at this point which has actually led to san fernando being considered the christmas capital of the philippines so I don't know about you, the idea of like a 20 foot wide lantern with spinning lights on it sounds amazing. Like I kind of want to see it now. Like I'm probably gonna have to dig in and actually find some videos of these because that just sounds incredible. I don't know about you. That also sounds just like a lot. It does. Like I thought it was a lot doing like the decorations on the house or like getting the tree put together and decorations inside. This is like hours of hours of manpower and then making it so it can fly like I, I that that's kind of impressive in my opinion it does seem like a lot though i think it's something i would enjoy watching more than actually being a part of making happen well that's because if you and i tried to make it happen we would just set fire to ourselves there's really mm. no other way around it yeah probably but yeah there you go so that is your philippines christmas tradition a Festival of lanterns that are massive floating through San Fernando, which is, again, I'm with you. Maybe with one of our lovely mocktails, actually go and watch that at some point. It could be fun. You never know. Then I have one last one for everybody here. And this is kind of for me, it's a little bit simple, but I think it's a really cool setup for Ireland. It is not traditional to have like big decorations or anything like that. But it is very common to leave a single tall red wax candle in your front window overnight. It is a welcoming symbol of warmth and shelter for the holiday season and the traditional Christmas dinner. 
homemade goose, roasted, of course. You never fry your goose. I mean, everyone knows that. Vegetables, cranberries, and potatoes. So for any families out there, if you want to celebrate in a more traditional Irish way, you don't need the big tree, just a single bright red candle. So there you go. There's some holiday traditions to throw your way as well. We have the drinks, which sounded delicious, I might add. And we're going to take a quick time out. When we come back, we'll be bringing you the premier Christmas song tier list on the NWO Christmas Spectacular on Classic Hits 96.7 WBVI and ESPN 1430 AM 105.7 FM WFOB. It's cash for cars at Warner Economy Corner in Findlay. Not much has changed with the shortage of good quality used cars, but Warner Economy Corner is looking to buy. At the corner of Blanchard and Blanchard, Warner Economy Corner is paying cash for cars. Bring your vehicle down to the guys at Warner Economy Corner and go home with cash in hand. Warner Economy Corner is buying cars and making deals. Open daily Monday through Friday. The Northwestern Water and Sewer District now has two watersheds in Fostoria to get pure water at a low price. Watersheds are located off of Plaza Drive on the north end of town and our newest location near 4th and Finley Streets. If you don't like the taste of well water, try watershed water. Just bring your own containers and fill up for a quarter a gallon. Try watershed water today. For all locations, go to nwwsd.org. This is the Arlington Girls head basketball coach, Jimmy Nicholson, and love to wish everybody a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. This is Steve Suter, head coach of the Hopewell Loudon Lady Chieftains. On behalf of our program, we'd like to wish you and yours a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. This is Coach Jeremy Herr of the Macomb Lady Panthers, wishing everyone a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. All right, three, two, one. Welcome back on into the NWO Orthopedic Sports Huddle Christmas Spectacular on ESPN 1430 AM, 105.7 FM, and on Classic Hits 96.7 WBVI. Big thanks, as always, to Kevin Harris for joining us on the show today. If you missed up any part of our show today or just want to hear it again, which I highly recommend, Head on over to WFOB.com and click on the podcast page where you can hear today's show and our shows and interviews from past seasons. Now, we may not actually be at the Frickers in Finley, but make it a part of your holiday tradition. Stop in for their daily specials. Monday, boneless friggin' chicken wings day. Tuesday, frickin' chicken wings day. For tonight, it's their sirloin steaks. and We all know that. We all love that one. Thursday is their frickin' chicken chunks. And always remember... Kids eat free all day, every day at Frickers. You can pick up from the carryout window, dine-in, or get delivery through DoorDash. All daily specials, however, are dine-in only. So make sure you download the Frickers app to see more and place an order. Find them online at Frickers.com. And Lance, I swore I wasn't going to do this. You swore. I swore it was going to be a year without drafts or lists or things like that. Then I got into a debate with a family member. (laughs) That's usually how it starts. And it bothered me. And it just kind of stuck in my craw about the best Christmas songs, the premier Christmas songs, a tier list, if you will, of Christmas songs. 
I'm not going to say which member of the family it was. I don't want to put them on blast. Needless to say, their opinions were wrong. And I just, <laughs> I had to, I had to find a way to work with this. And since it's been stuck in my mind, I'm going to submit to you that we create a proper tier list of Christmas music. Because, yeah, all Christmas music is good. All of it's good. I don't know. But some I, I, is only. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go that far. See, there, there's where the debate starts. Okay. <laughs> There's where it starts. I'd say there is more good than bad, but there is still some that is not great. So I've taken the liberty of putting together 15 songs. We're going to put them in the list and we're going to see where this comes out. I'm curious your take. I am going to let you be the final arbiter of some of these. If there's a big difference, we're going to hash it out. If we're close, we're just going to roll with yours. Does that sound fair? That uh, that sounds pretty good to me. So right off the bat, let's go right into it. Timeless tradition, in my opinion. Frosty the Snowman. Where's that go on the tier list? Hmm. Frosty the Snowman. Now, it's a good one. So it's like at worst C, but is it T? Is it top of the list? Is it cream of the crop? I wouldn't. I don't know if I'd say that. I'd probably say it's between A and B because it's like a really good one, but it's not, oh my gosh, I need to hear Frosty. You know what, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? I, I do. It, it's, I, I get it to a point. I mean, Frosty for me is kind of like a family tradition. We watch Frosty the Snowman every year and Jim, Jimmy Durante, which my God, if you could like choose a voice, <laughs> Jimmy Durante's is the voice to choose every time. But that. But I, I, I get it to a point. I get it. I get where you're coming from on this. So how about we split the difference for now? Frost the Snowman, B-list. Yeah, that's fine by me. All right. Number two, I'm, I'm just kind of going to put my foot down on this one. I don't think there's any argument here. Have yourself a Merry Little Christmas, Frank Sinatra. That's number one. That's S-tier, right? That's There's no way it's not S-tier. I, yeah, I think it, I think it's one of those that it's maybe not the absolute best, but it's like, yeah, it's, it's an S tier one. I think it, I think it belongs there. Okay. Sim- simple there. So right now S tier is just Frank Sinatra. And then eight uh, B tier, excuse me, is Frosty the Snowman. A little bit of a wild card here. It came upon a midnight clear. I'm going to keep it a buck. I have no idea what th- that song is. I'm actually going to level with you. I have no clue either. So that's going to go under the don't know category. We're just going to be nice to them. Um, that, th- this one, I, I'm curious to see where you go with this. Santa baby. Ooh, Santa baby. See now, now of course uh, it's worth noting. We are talking the, for all these, these are like the original version of this. So we're talking the Eartha kit version not any new ones that have come out since then. That was that was exactly what I was going to follow up on was if we're talking a certain version or not. So yeah, I'd it's it's between for me A and S. I don't know because just the with, with especially with Eartha Kit with the way her voice is, it just to me I feel like it perfectly fits the song that even the even though the ones that have came after her can do it okay. It's just not the same to me as the Eartha Kit version. 
Okay. So Eartha Kit version, you're you're saying probably A tier then, it sounds like. I'd say I'd say it's a solid a solid above average A. Okay. So A tier. Now, million dollar question, do you put any of the newer versions in this category as well? Uh, I mean, I mean, I've heard some, but I, I'm kind of with you. I don't think any of them have matched Earth the Kit. Yeah, I'm sure there are some that I like. I mean, I have a special like Christmas, like a specific playlist that is basically only for my ears only. Um, and the Earth the Kit version is near the top. And I don't think I even have another version on my playlist. So I think that goes to show that it deserves to be by itself. All right, so we got currently on the list. We're four songs in. Might actually extend the list a little bit here. Naturally. The first S tier, Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. A tier, Santa Baby, Eartha Kit, not the garbage that's come since then. <laughs> B tier, Frosty the Snowman, and I don't know, it came upon a midnight clear. Like, Yeah, we're, we're just not even including. Just Neither of us have heard of it. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't get a spot. It? I've heard of it, but it's been so long since I've heard it. I can't give it a fair judge. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, no, it's fine. All right. Now we are entering some of the uh, more contentious ones. Are you ready? I suppose. Are you sure? I think so. Dominic the donkey. <sighs> it's like. Any it's... answer besides S tier is a travesty. I feel it's important to state. <laughs> Well, that's a problem because I was going to say D. No. <laughs> okay. Sell me. Why is Dominic the donkey in the D it's, category? It's just, I'm never going out of my way to listen to Dominic the donkey. It's, it's funny. It's kind of kitschy. I, I, I get the appeal. Keith is one that I think he's on your side. He loves it and plays it as much as he can. Don does not play it because Don does not like it as much as Keith does. Um. So yeah, no, it's, it's it's D for me. I'm sorry. Sorry to break it to you. I really feel there's like a heat miser freeze. Uh, is it snow miser is the other one? Heat miser, snow miser. I'm not sure. In those old Christmas shows, Jets and Sharks, basically. There's clearly two <laughs> distinct camps in this conversation. You know, you and Dawn not particularly liking Dominic the donkey and Keith and I who are right. So... <laughs> I'm I'm gonna give it to you. I'll let you have it. This is I I said we're gonna But if, if but if we're if we're compromising, that means we put it in B. Well, here's the I, it's here's the compromised problem though. I wouldn't put it in B category. <laughs> it's funny. You know what? You've made a good argument. It's funny, it's entertaining. I don't go out of my it's no I want a hippopotamus for Christmas. I'll just put it like that. Fair. Like so, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it to you. We'll 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 compromise a little bit. I'll put it in the C category. Okay, that's that's it's, fine. It's right there. You either love it or you hate it. Next one up. Wham! Last Christmas. Oh man! Now this is a decisive one. Yes, it is. This is the, the this one. This is uh, a hot take one. Like I said. You're getting into the the deep ones here. I think I think it's not quite S for me. I think I'd say A. You'd say A for last Christmas because it's it's there's there's literally groups that are dedicated to trying to go as long as they can without hearing it. So that tells you that it plays 
everywhere during the Christmas time. It's a really, really good one, but it's not, again, it's not have to listen to as soon as possible. It's it's an A for me. I can I can respect that. I do respect that. Well, since we're on the, the subject of lists and groups of people who try to go as long as they can without hearing it, it's that time. We have passed the we've passed the day after Halloween. We are in the Christmas season. All I want for Christmas is you, Mariah Carey. I think by default it has to be S, right? Well, here's my question. Is it really an S? Or is it beating us into I, submission where we just all accept it as an S-tier Christmas song? I, Don't get me wrong. I think, it's a great song. I think it's the latter. I think that the hype has just grown so much between Mariah Carey herself kind of playing into it and just the internet as a whole just mm-hmm. saying, oh, it's November 1st. It's time for Mariah Carey. It's like, it's it's good. It's good. It's a very good song. It's sung obviously very well, but it's is it is it is it the same to you? Is it on the same level as "Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas"? I think that's that's basically our barometer so, for us. So I guess my statement to that one is it kind of is because it, it is a great song. It's a phenomenal song, very entertaining song, and it, for anyone who's like, "Oh, she doesn't sing that well," you, you don't understand music and give <laughs> off our airwaves, please. She's a wonderful singer. Yeah. I think what makes it S tier for me though is the fact that Mariah Carey now leans into it. Yeah, I think that's certainly like that, every that's year on November first now posting a new video saying it's time and it's just her switching the Christmas mode out of Halloween. I'm not gonna lie, I actually think that's hilarious and it gets me every year. So I, I'm with you. I think yeah, it kind of has to be S tier, maybe through just beating us down over the years, but it's it's a good S tier one. So, okay, S tier. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. All I want for Christmas is you. A tier, Santa Baby and Last Christmas. B tier, Frost the Snowman. And C tier, Dominic the Donkey. This, this, Next this sounds up. good to me so far. Honestly, I have no notes thus far. Next one up. Charlie Brown Christmas, the whole album. I think it has to be us. I, I was about to say, I don't think this show can continue if we choose anything besides us. <laughs> so it, it would no longer be a show. There would just be verbally on air, us fighting and like fisticuffs throwing. It's it's Charlie Brown Christmas. It's immediate S tier. Just right to the top of it. As a matter of fact, I'm even moving it over. Have yourself a Merry Little Christmas. That is the number one, in my opinion. I mean, it's, I'm, I am... I'm fairly, I think this is one that Brie has on vinyl. So she has a handful of Christmas records on vinyl. And I, I believe that's one she has. Quality taste. That's all I know. Quality, quality taste. Next one up. Kind of in the same vein as Frosty, but I'm curious to see where you land on this. Rudolph, the red nosed reindeer. I think, uh, I think you nailed it perfectly that it's, Right, I mean, they are they essentially go hand in hand with Frosty and uh, and Rudolph. I th- I think it's another that's right there in B tier because it's another good one. You hear it a lot. 
but it's not a, it's just like kind of frosty it's like okay i don't need to go out of my way to hear rudolph because i'm gonna hear it over the course of the holidays anyhow i respect that i, I very much respect that point and i agree they, they are kind of connected though we are going to go to our next cartoon based one and this may be a bit contentious i'm curious to see i'm very curious i'm intrigued i'm perplexed you're a mean one mr grinch see it's it's good but is it truly a song because it's like it's got music with it but I think of it more just, I want to hear that, not like, oh, I need to listen to the song, You're a Mean One, Mr. Grinch, if that kind of makes sense. I think I would still put it at like A, but it's okay. it's not what I think of when I think of like Christmas music. I'm thinking the different holiday, holiday songs where it's like, just because the tone is so different with Mr. Grinch obviously not being a nice person, I think just because of that, it kind hey, of goes whoa, in a different category. Whoa, whoa. whoa. The Grinch is a nice person. By the end of the story, his heart's grown three sizes, and he has okay. the strength. Okay, let's 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 call. Let, let, let me let me rephrase and call call it what it is. As at least in terms of the Jim Carrey movie, it wasn't that the Grinch hated Christmas. It's that the Grinch a hated people, and b people were awful to him just for existing. Facts, your <laughs> facts, right there. Grinch may be one of the most unfairly criticized villains in literature or film history in that regard like all he did was exist <laughs> yeah that's fair that i i respect that i respect that immensely you are speaking truth right now <laughs> that is some hard truth there for the listeners at home that's that's a fine point if you don't want christmas stolen from you folks be nice <laughs> simple logic Literally. it's not that complicated it's true it's a very good point like if you don't want christmas stolen from you be nice. Not that complicated, right? Makes sense to me. Because of that, I mean, it's going A tier. I'm with you on that one. It's A tier. I'd say out of the cartoon ones, it's the best of the cartoon ones. Yeah. So it doesn't belong in B tier, but I, I, I'm and maybe with you. It's not necessarily if, if nothing else, maybe it's because they make it so different, both in the content of the song and the tone of the song. Yeah. I'll give you that one. I'll give you that. So I'm with you on that one. So, so far, S tier. Charlie Brown Christmas. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. All I want for Christmas is you. A tier is Santa Baby, Last Christmas, and now Mr. Grinch. Frosty and Rudolph are B tier. Dominic the Donkey is C tier. God love you for trying to came upon a midnight clear. Uh, <laughs> next one up. Jingle Bell Rock. See, this is another one that has a lot of versions. We're we're going to keep it traditional, stick with the original by Bobby Helms, the one that gets played all the time. I think it's I think it's A, but like a little lower A, but it's not quite B. So, I was going to say B. It's not bad. But I think when you think of like a little bit more um, upbeat, a little more rock, kind of like from the old school Christmas jingles and stuff like that, I kind of think of rocking around the Christmas tree more than Jingle Bell Rock. 
Yeah, I I I have no arguments for placing it in B. So we're gonna throw that one in B. And I think that just leads then right into rocking around the Christmas tree. Where'd you put that one? I think again, it's it's in the tier it's in the category of Jingle Bell Rock, but I think it's a little better than Jingle Bell Rock. I think I'd go A a little more definitively than I said A for the Jingle Bell for Jingle Bell Rock previously. Okay. I I have no notes on that. I I just kind of made my opinion. It's like I think they're both the same kind of song, but I think "Rocking Around the Christmas Tree" is a, a, just a little bit better. So I'd put it in that A category. Yeah. Uh, this one we're gonna get this one out of the way just because you know my stance on it, and this is another we'll throw down if you disagree. Pearl Lives, Holly Jolly Christmas. I mean, right up there with Charlie Brown Christmas, if you ask me. Yeah, it's us. It is there. There we go. Uh, Correct. I know that's one of, if not your favorite. So yeah, it's us. That That is, that will eternally live rent-free in my mind when I think of Christmas music. So that's, for me, that'd be like, I'm going to have to put my foot down on this one. So good, <laughs> S tier on that. For, I'm not going to lie, pretty solid list so far. And just kind of shows how good most of this Christmas music is or how popular it is. No D or F category yet. Well, depending, I mean, it depends on if you, uh, I don't know if you know which one I would put very low, but there is one that I immediately would put very low. Okay, I'll bite. I really need to know. Unless I'm hearing it in Elf, I never want to hear Baby It's Cold Outside ever. Oh, that was literally the next one I was about to <laughs> <laughs> uh, That was literally the next one I was about to it's ask. Between, between the lyrics being certainly not great, which have aged very, very poorly, just the song itself, it's, it's, I feel like it's trying too hard. It's just, you have the, it's the duet. It's like, oh, the dude. And then they talk over each other, this whole thing. I just, no, it's just not, just no. I, I don't have anything else to say other than just no, I don't want to hear you. And that's, that's how I feel whenever I hear Baby It's Cold Outside, unless I'm hearing it in Elf. That is the only exception. So would you throw that all the way to F tier then? 1,000%. Okay. So here's my thing. I'm with you on that. It's it's like the reverse Mariah Carey. Yes. Where, it's, where the Mariah Carey song and them leaning into it, the entertainment behind it has made it S tier when it was already a good song. Baby's Cold Outside just kind of gets, they, they try to beat us with it every year, whether it's the original which because that's yeah, there's no cause that's another that, one. There's that, so many versions too. Yeah, it's like don't get me wrong. The the lyrics have aged like warm milk. Yeah, thing as the years have gone on, it's it's still one that people play a lot. But man, I just feel like they play it too much. One thousand really percent. So I'm with you. That's in the F category. Respect it. I know it was popular in its time, but I'm with you. I've kind of had enough of it. Uh, going a little bit more hymns and like particularly towards the holiday itself silent night see this is this is definitely again different different pacing different tone i i think i'd go b b for silent night i think i'd go b for silent night i I don't have a strong argument either way i know for me it's one of my favorite um not carols. I can't really call it a Christmas carol, but like Christmas song, Christmas hymn kind of thing. It's definitely one of my favorites. 
but I don't I don't know if it makes all the way up. Also, this is kind of one there's too many versions of it. Yeah, there's like there's I really can't say there's a definitive version of that song. No. And I don't think that that's ne- necessarily a knock because I think there's one that oh, we lo- I think there's one song you probably will bring up that we that has a lot of versions that is still in my opinion very good, but I think in terms of Silent Night it's like it's good I again it's another one you're going to hear kind of regardless of if you go out of your way to or not but I don't think it's on the same level as like a last christmas or a santa baby I think it's in in the in the B Yeah I I would agree honestly I would agree with that one So B tier for Silent Night apologies to the Silent Night fans out there but it's still good I was going to say B's not bad even C's not bad Yeah it's not baby it's cold outside or it came upon a midnight clear that's all that matters yes next one on the list as we now have 14 out of the 20 that we're going to do so starting around third heading for home here let it snow by dean martin Mm, this this has the feeling of one we might disagree on all right i'll bite because it's it's another one I wouldn't say it's S. I don't know if I would even really say it's A. I think it might be more B or C. C? Really? It's just, it's another, it's good, but it's, uh, there's so many other good Christmas songs. It's like, at some point, there has to be lines of demarcation. Okay. You know what? I I, I will say, I do disagree. I have but that feeling. I will also say that I don't have a strong enough stance as to why I disagree. I just feel like it's let it snow is kind of like traditional. So it's definitely still in the good category, but I, I'm just side with you. I, I C tier, C tier on that one. It's C tier, it's C tier, but it goes still above Dominic the donkey. <laughs> oh, so you have it in front of Dominic the donkey then? Yes. Okay. Next one up. Sticking with more of the old crooner style. Uh, Jingle Bells, Frank Sinatra. <sighs> Jingle Bells. Mm, again, not an S tier. I it's it's between A and B. I don't have a strong argument one way or another. Well, I'm gonna help out. We're gonna put it in A tier then. <laughs> okay. Let's get let's get assist on that one. Uh got a couple more here. We're gonna go with the Christmas song. You know, chestnuts roasty on an open fire. Jack Frost giving you a little bit of frostbite on your nose. <laughs> See now this is one it's another one that it's between two. It's between S and A for me. Okay. What in your mind? What's holding it back from S tier potentially? Uh it's it's is it on the same level as the ones we already have in S tier? Is kind of been my barometer. Okay. So you know so, I, so would you put it on the same level as a Holly Jolly Christmas? I feel that King Cole's. I would. Yeah. Because that's just, that's so iconic. I mean, with the big band and that violin opening it, each, it's, that's, for me, that's like one of the premier Christmas songs. So 
for me, I'd throw it in the S tier. That's where I'd go with it. Yeah, I'm I'm good with that. That works. So now I will say it's on the back end of the S tier. Yeah, that's that's fair. But it's up there. Next one up, we will go with Joy to the World. Joy to the World. Again, it's it's in between. I, it's between B and C because it's another one that it's good, but it's. It, am I going out of my way to listen to Joy to the World? It's it's a good song. It's you enjoy it when you hear it, but it's to me, it's not one I'm gonna seek out. So I think for me, it's between B and C. I'm gonna go with C on this one. I'm kind of in the same cat. When it's sung well, it's incredible. Oh, absolutely. Unfortunately, it's also sung by a lot of like second and third grade little <laughs> choirs and stuff like that. Yeah, it definitely is. And that's that's not a knock. Honestly, some of the cutest, nicest things in the world are those Christmas concerts like those grade schools and junior highs put on. They're adorable. They're fantastic. Having said that, Joy to the World needs a little bit of pop, and it usually doesn't come with that pop in those particular moments. <laughs> So I'm going to say C tier. Cute, but it's it's not the top of the heap. So we've got two, I believe, three more to go here if I'm doing my math correctly. Next one up, Grandma got run over by a reindeer. See? See, like you were ready with that one. Because it's because it's it's not exactly the same, obviously, but it hits me the same way as Dominic the Donkey. It's a, a comedy song. It's like... You, you like it when it's on, but you're okay when it's done. I So I'd, I'd firmly place that in C, right middle of the road. And then the last one that we have here. Oh, Christmas Tree. Um. Well, first off, there are other songs we have to include that you have not included. Okay, I'll bite. Which are ones you want in here? Let, let's finish. Let's finish this one first, and then we'll we'll go to the, the other ones. Okay. But uh, one one more time, what song? Oh, Christmas Tree. Oh, Christmas Tree. I... It's between B and C because it's another one that it's like, okay, it's good, but I'm not going out of my way. So it's it's a, it's another B or C one for me. I'll tell you what, I'm act we're actually going to be a little bit contentious. I put in the D category. Really? Okay. Yeah. It's my here's my thing, Chris. Oh, Christmas Tree. It's a good song. I can't think of the last time I went out of my way to try and listen to it. Yeah, I, I don't object you know I mean? to it being in D. And besides, apparently we have other songs that I've terribly missed. So go ahead. I'm, I'm curious where you, what songs you're looking for here. Well, um, let's let me because I had I didn't know what list you would have prepared. So I had my own sort of not necessarily master list, but it's a lot of the songs that we have in our system. Oh, sure. So I know that there are at least songs that are that are played a good amount. Um, the the t let's see there's one two i think there's three that are like okay we have to talk about these let's go for it I, there's I'm there's some other there's some others too but again there's these are these are the ones that are necessarily the first one and, I, and i'll lead it with i think two are s's and one's an a or b depending on your vibe okay the first one it's the most wonderful time of the year Okay, and, see, and that I, and that is an easy S. I, I was gonna say I kind of left that one out because I feel that is you. 
what Christmas album doesn't start with it's the most wonderful time of the year? You know what I mean? True. Like, so I, I'm with you. That is a solid S tier category. I'm with you on that one. So, all right, we got, we're in agreements there. Next one on your list. The next one is I, it's the one I actually alluded to when I said that there's a lot of versions, but it's still good. And that would be the little drummer boy because there are Ooh. a lot of versions it's personally one of, if not my favorite. So it's S for me personally. You know what? I, I personally would not put an S, but by the same token, that Bing Crosby, David Bowie one. That's gore. That's gorgeous. I mean, Absolutely. The, there's, gorgeous. there's so many, I mean, there's a Pentatonix version. There's a Michael Jackson and the Jackson five version. Like there's a lot of versions. There's a Bob Seger version. There, there's a lot and they're all oh, good. In their, they're all good you in their own different way. You said a Bob Seger version. Debate over. It's immediate S tier. <laughs> if my, if, Anything if, that the Silver Bullet and Bob Seger could put together, I I support. If 100%. I, if I didn't know my dad likes you, he likes you that much more hearing you say that. <laughs> all debates begin and end with Bob Seger. Simple as that. But all right, so we agree on its most wonderful time of year in Little Drummer Boy. What's the third one that you were thinking of? The uh, third one that I was thinking of, it has a handful of versions. I don't know if there's a lot of versions, and that would be uh, Little Saint Nick. So the are you talking the Beach Boys version? I am talking the Beach Boys version. If I know you, I'm guessing this is the one that you would say is A tier. I I would I would personally put it A tier. If for no other reason than I really like the Beach Boys and that I loved and I sung the song like in choir when I was in school. Okay, you know what? I'll give you A tier on that one. I don't have a strong argument against it. And then I'm just throw one more in because I, I can't abide an odd number list like this. Because <laughs> we're currently at 23 as opposed to 24 or 20. So final one. And this is for, for, my, uh, for my folks on this. White Christmas. Bing Crosby. Mm, it's it's probably I I'd mm, I'd say B. You'd say B. I'd say B. Here's my thing. I'm kind of with you because it's it's an R one. It's like it's good. It's a classic, but it's just kind of been beaten into submission over and over and over again. Oh yeah, it's definitely one that's played a lot. So there we go. Twenty four. For 24 days of Christmas. It actually kind of works out. It makes shouldn't, a nice shouldn't, balance shouldn't, there. Shouldn't we have 25 since Christmas is on the 25th? We're not doing that because then it's an odd number, Lance. But, the, but Christmas is on an odd number. Okay, fine. Hold on. Bother me sometimes. <laughs> okay, here's an, here's an easy one. Feliz Navidad. S tier. Who are we kidding? It's definitely an overplayed one, but it's still a good overplayed one. It's it's S tier. There's no debate. And okay, fine. 25 songs for 25 days of Christmas. <laughs> Your tier list, S tier, Charlie Brown Christmas, Holly Jolly Christmas. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. All I want for Christmas is you. The Christmas song, most wonderful time of the year, Little Drummer Boy and Feliz Navidad. A tier, Santa Baby, Last Christmas. Mr. Grinch. Rocking around the Christmas tree, Jingle Bells and Little St. Nick. B tier is Frosty the Snowman, Rudolph, Jingle Bell Rock, Silent Night, and White Christmas. C tier, Let It Snow, Dominic the Donkey, Joy to the World, and Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer. D tier, 
Oh, Christmas tree and F tier. Baby, it's cold outside. There is your holiday Christmas music tier list. We're going to take another quick timeout. When we come back, we will be doing our Christmas short stories and maybe, just maybe, a little Christmas magic before we close things up for the holidays. This is the NWO Orthopedic Sports Huddle Christmas Spectacular on ESPN 1430 AM, 105.7 FM, WFOB, and Classic Hits 96.7 WBVI. Hi, this is Dawn from the Classic Hits Morning Show, and I've just heard that not all roofs are created equal. Is that true? That is true, Don. It's solely dependent on the people installing it. Hi, folks. This is Matt from MJ Brown Roofing Construction Company in Tiffin, Ohio. We're a family-owned company that's been in business since 1936. We're a full-service roofing contractor that have been working on both residential and commercial roofs. So no matter what type of roof you want, we have the expertise and the crews needed to install and maintain your roof for years to come. Call 419-447-5864 for a free, no-obligation inspection and quote today. For over 100 years, ironworkers have been building America. Do you have what it takes to be an ironworker? Do you like to work with your hands? Do you like to be creative and solve problems? Do you like to be outdoors and don't mind getting dirty? With starting pay of $18 an hour and with medical and retirement benefits, there are ironworker jobs available in Northwest Ohio. To take your career to new heights, call the Ironworkers Local 55 Training Center at 419-382-3080 and build a better future. Back we are here on the NWO Orthopedic Sports Huddle Christmas Spectacular on ESPN 1430 AM, 105.7 FM, WFOB, and of course on Classic Hits 96.7 WBVI. We are so pleased, so fortunate, so blessed, so incredibly lucky to be joined by the big man himself. It is a Christmas magical miracle, none other then jolly old Saint Nick himself, Santa Claus, Santa or Mr. Claus, however you prefer to go. How are you doing, sir? <laughs> oh, I'm doing pretty well, Matt. How have you been? Well, I'm, I'm doing good. You know, I'm so happy that you had a moment to talk with us. I know you're busy. We don't want to keep you too long. And we just we're really thankful you have the time. But uh, first of all, I need to ask, did I make the naughty list or the nice list? I, I need to know. Well, first, I have to look up your name, Matt, and Matt, I have to know, is your last name spelled C-O-T-T-M-A-N? Because I believe that's how you spell it, right? If you're referring to Dan Hartzell, who should be forever on the naughty list, yes, it's with one T. Thank you there, Santa. (laughs) Okay, so two T's. Thank you very much, Matt. There we go. I believe that you are on the naughty list. Yeah, that tracks. Well, anyway, thanks for the time. Sam. I'm kidding, of course. I'm kidding. Thank you for letting me know. I, I will be very happy to uh, warm my home with some coal later on this weekend and next week. But uh, just real quick, you've been doing this for a while. I'm sure you have a few things that really stand out to you. Just could ask for all the kids at home. What is the go-to cookie milk combination for Santa? What is his number one option? If we can make a thing to, I don't know, maybe uh, bribe you into an extra gift or two on Christmas Eve. Well, to think about it, maybe a nice warm milk, not skim milk. Do not do skim milk. That's the worst thing that you could do. For Santa Claus. Kids, if you're listening, do not put skim milk 
out for Santa. Mm-mm, no skim milk. But put put it in the microwave for like 10 minutes, 10 or so seconds, and put it out for Santa. Now, cookie-wise, <laughs> do not go out and get some Chips Ahoy. No, no, no. Trying to go out and get some nice sugar cookies with frosting on them. That's what Santa likes. A little bit of sprinkles and maybe some carrots for the reindeer. I definitely know Blitzen wants some carrots this year. So, so carrots. I, I this may explain a lot then, because I always used to put out celery for the reindeer, but carrots are the play, is what you're saying. Yes, it's not like I'm taking Blitzen and Rudolph to Frickers after we deliver our presents. <laughs> You should, though. Maybe they it, it's delicious food. Maybe they would like it. Well, uh, Santa, I, I appreciate the time. I really do. Uh, I know Lance appreciates it as well. And everyone back home listening really appreciates it. Do you have any holiday messages or wishes that you want to send out to everyone before you get started on what will be a very busy couple days for you? Well, I hope that everyone across the world has a happy and holly jolly Christmas with their family and loved ones. I know that it will be a long night for me, but that's what makes it very special for Santa. And I also hope everyone has a happy new year going into 2024. I can't believe we made it to 2024. You know what that means? Oh, what does that mean, Santa? Uh, It just means that Anything could happen in the next year to come, but that's what makes New Year's so special. You get to make your own story at the beginning of a new year, so make it a fun one. Well, that is outstanding advice to leave it on. Santa, thank you so much. Tell the reindeer and Mrs. Claus I said hello, and I'll have those sugar drop cookies waiting for you to uh, hopefully get onto the decent list as opposed to the nicer naughty list here on the 24th. Very happy holidays and Merry Christmas to you, Santa. Merry Christmas, Matt. And maybe if you get on the nice list, the way you get on the nice list is if you pick one team to root for, for football and basketball and baseball. You know what, Santa? You you love everybody. You should be on board. He's got you there. It's not important. Thank you, Santa. I will keep that in mind. Okay. Well, I don't know how we're going to top Santa Claus coming onto the program, but I, I have a good feeling that Lance, you you and I, we're broadcasters. We are allegedly paid to read things out loud and to perform. Sometimes. So I figured a good way to close things out for this Christmas show this year, I, I challenge you to come up with a story that you would want to read on air. And if I heard you correctly, you did pick one. And I, based on our Christmas song tier list, I'm fascinated to see you go through this story so which which one did you pick and at this stage i'd say the floor is yours after that to go ahead and read your uh christmas story that you have yeah so i uh i went with the grinch just because it's one of the more ones i'm more familiar with i watch the most most of the movies there's a, there's a lot of grinch movies now there's a lot of different ones um, there but, are but there? the but the original and the jim carrey ones are ones that at some point i will watch every year so Okay, well, you know what? The floor is yours for the Grinch. Take it away. All righty. Every Who down in Whoville liked Christmas a lot, but the Grinch who lived just north of Whoville did not. The Grinch hated Christmas the whole Christmas season, 
Now, please don't ask why. No one quite knows the reason. It could be his head wasn't screwed on just right. It could be perhaps that his shoes were too tight. But I think that the most likely reason of all may have been that his heart was two sizes too small. Whatever the reason, his heart or his shoes, he stood there on Christmas Eve hating the Who's. Staring down from his cave with a sour, grinchy frown at the warm, lighted windows below in their town. For he was every Who down in Whoville beneath. He was busy now hanging a mistletoe wreath. They're hanging their stockings, he snarled with a sneer. Tomorrow is Christmas. It's practically here. And he growled with his Grinch fingers, nervously drumming. I must find some way to stop Christmas from coming. For tomorrow, he knew all the Who girls and boys would wake bright and early. They'd rush for their toys. And then, oh, the noise. Oh, the noise. 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 That's one thing he hated. The noise. 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 Then the Who's young and old would sit down to a feast and they'd feast. They'd feast, and they'd feast, feast, feast. They would feast on who pudding and rare who roast beef, which was then something the rich couldn't stand in the least. And then they'd do something he liked least of all. Every who down in Whoville, the tall and the small, would stand close together with Christmas bells ringing. All I need is a reindeer. The Grinch looked around. But since reindeer are scarce, there was none to be found. Did that stop the old Grinch? No, the Grinch simply said, If I can't find a reindeer, I'll make one instead. So he called his dog Max, then he took some red thread, and then he tied a big horn on the top of his head. Then he loaded some bags and some old empty sacks on a ramshackle sled, and he hitched up old Max. Then the Grinch said, Giddy up! And the sleigh started down towards the homes where the Who's lay a snooze in their town. All their windows were dark, quiet snow filled the air. All the Who's were all dreaming, sweet dreams, without care. When he came to the first house on the square, This is stop number one, the old Grinchy Claws hissed. Then he climbed up to the roof, empty bags in his fist. And he slid down the chimney, a rather tight pinch. But if Santa could do it, well, then so could the Grinch. He got stuck only once, for a moment or two. Then he stuck his head out of the fireplace flue where the little who stockings all hung in a row. These stockings, he grinned, are the first things to go. Then he slithered and skunk, with a smile most unpleasant, around the whole room, and he took every present. Pop guns and bicycles, roller skates, drums, checkerboards, tricycles, popcorn, and plums. He then stuffed them in bags, then the Grinch very nimbly, stuffed all the bags one by one up the chimney. And he slung to the icebox, he took the who's feast, he took the who pudding. He took the roast beef. He cleaned out that ice box as quick as a flash. Why that Grinch even took their last can of who hash. And he stuffed all the food up the chimney with glee. And now the Grinch grinned. I will stuff up the tree. They'd stand hand in hand and the who's would start singing. They'd sing and they'd sing and they'd sing and they'd sing and they'd sing. And the more the Grinch thought of this who Christmas sing, the more the Grinch thought, I must stop this whole thing. Why, for 53 years, I've put up with it now. I must stop this Christmas from coming. But how? Then he got an idea. An awful idea. The Grinch got a wonderful, awful idea. I know just what to do. The Grinch laughed in his throat. 
and he made a quick Santa Claus hat and a coat. And he chuckled and cluckled, what a grin great gringy trick. With this coat and this hat, I look just like Snape Nick. And he went up the chimney himself, the old liar. On their walls he left nothing but hooks and some wire. And then one speck of food that he left in the house was a crumb that was even too small for a mouse. Then he did the same thing to the other Who's houses, leaving crumbs much too small for the other Who's mouses. It was a quarter past dawn, all the Who's still abed, all the Who's still asleep when he packed up his sled. Packed it up with their presents, the ribbons, the wrappings, the tags and the tinsel, the trimmings, the trappings. 3,000 feet up, up the side of Mount Crumpet, he rode with his load to the tip-top to dump it. Poo-hoo to the Who's! He was graciously humming, they're finding out now no Christmas is coming. They're just waking up. I know just what they'll do. Their mouths will hang open for a minute or two. Then the Who's down in Whoville will all cry boo-hoo. And the Grinch grabbed the tree and he started to shove. But when he heard a small sound like the coo of a dove, he turned around fast and small saw a small Who. Cindy Lou-Who, who was no more than two, the Grinch had been caught up by this tiny Who daughter. Who'd got out of bed for just a cup of water. She stared at the Grinch and said, Santa Claus, why? Why are you taking our Christmas tree? Why? But you know that old Grinch was so smart and so slick. He thought up a lie, and he thought it up quick. Why, my sweet little tot, the fake Santa Claus lied. There's a light on this tree that won't light on one side. So I'm taking it home to my workshop, my dear. I'll fix it up there, then I'll bring it back here. And his fib fooled the child, then he patted her head. And when he got her a drink of water, and sent her to bed. And when Cindy Lou Who went up to bed with her cup, he went up the chimney and stuffed up the tree. Then the last thing he took was the log for their fire. That's a noise, grinned the Grinch, that I must simply hear. So he paused, and the Grinch put his hand to his ear, and he did hear a sound rising over the snow. It started in low, and then it started to grow. But the sound wasn't sad. Why, this sounded very merry. It couldn't be so, but it was merry. Very. He stared down at Whoville. The Grinch popped his eyes. Then he shook what he saw was a shocking surprise. Every Who down in Whoville, the tall and the small, was singing without any presence at all. He hadn't stopped Christmas from coming. It came. Somehow or another, it came just the same. And the Grinch, with his pinching feet ice cold in the snow, stood puzzling and puzzling. How could it be so? It came without ribbons. It came without tags. It came without packages, boxes, or bags. And he puzzled three hours till his puzzler was snore. Then the Grinch thought of something he hadn't before. Maybe Christmas, he thought, doesn't come from a store. Maybe Christmas, perhaps, means a little more. And what happened then? Well, in Whoville, they say, that the Grinch's small heart grew three sizes that day. And the minute his heart didn't feel quite so tight, he whizzed with his load through the bright morning light. And he brought back the toys and the food for the feast, and he himself, the Grinch, carved the roast beef. Okay, well done, Lance. All righty, that, 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 that's good. I liked it. That was very well done. You're Cindy Lou who's going to live rent-free in my head for the rest <laughs> of my life. But that was good. I, you know what? I actually, for some reason, when you said The Grinch, I was worried it was going to be like a really long story because I forget all the stuff they added 
in the movie. Oh yeah, you know what I mean? Oh yeah, no, it's uh, Where it, like, it's, it's, it's like not a, super like, long. Yeah, it turns into a really long thing, but that, that was good. Very, very well done, and that's just about gonna wrap things up for us here. I know I gotta read my thing, but we were gonna close with it here, so gonna take this moment once again, Lance. Thank you for letting me do this Christmas show once again this year. It's always a blast. And once again, I will accept this in lieu of a pay increase, as is tradition every year. Naturally. <laughs> but no, always fun. Glad we get to do this. Special thanks to Kevin Harris for stopping by and talking with us about Ohio State football and the bowl games and all sorts of other stuff going on in the NCAAs. Thank you to all of our sponsors, especially Frickers, for letting us put on this show once again this year thanks to all of you at home for listening throughout the broadcast years we'll uh this is our last sports huddle until 2024 if i recall correctly so it's it's been a very fun year we've enjoyed it we're looking forward to 24 and more shows to come but for all of us here at tri-county broadcasting classic hits 96.7 wbvi espn 1430 am 105.7 fm WFOB, we wish you a Merry Christmas and a very happy holidays. And now to close out the show, a visit from St. Nicholas. Twas the night before Christmas, when all through the house, not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. The stockings were hung by the chimney with care, in hopes that St. Nicholas soon would be there. The children were nestled, all snug in their beds, while visions of sugar plums danced in their heads. And Mom in her kerchief and I in my cap, had just settled our brains for a long winter's nap. When out on the lawn there arose such a clatter, I sprang from my bed to see what was the matter. Away to the window, I flew like a flash, tore open the shutters, and threw up the sash. The moon on the breast of the new-fallen snow gave the luster of midday to objects below. When what to my wondering eyes did appear but a miniature sleigh and eight tiny reindeer, with a little old driver so lively and quick, I knew in a moment... It must be St. Nick. More rapid than eagles, his coursers they came, and he whistled and shouted and called them by name. Now Dasher, now Dancer, now Prancer and Vixen, on Comet, on Cupid, on Donner and Blitzen, to the top of the porch, to the top of the wall. Now dash away, dash away, dash away all. As leaves that before the wild hurricane fly when they meet with an obstacle, mount to the sky. So up to the housetop, the coursers they flew, with a sleigh full of toys, and St. Nicholas, too. And then in a twinkling, I heard on the roof the prancing and pawing of each little hoof. As I drew in my head and was turning around, down the chimney, St. Nicholas came with a bound. He was dressed all in fur from his head to his foot, and his clothes were all tarnished with ashes and soot. A bundle of toys he had flung on his back, and he looked like a peddler just opening his pack. His eyes, how they twinkled, his dimples, how merry. His cheeks were like roses, his nose like a cherry. His droll little mouth was drawn up like a bow, and the beard on his chin was as white as the snow. The stump of the pipe he held tight in his teeth, and the smoke, it encircled his head like a wreath. He had a broad face and a little round belly that shook when he laughed like a bowl full of jelly. He was chubby and plump, a right jolly old elf, and I did laugh when I saw him in spite of myself. A wink of an eye and a twist of his head soon gave me to know. I had nothing to dread. He spoke not a word, but went straight to his work, filled all the stockings, and then turned with a jerk, and laying his finger aside of his nose and giving a nod, up the chimney he rose. 
He sprang to his sleigh, to his team gave a whistle, and away they all flew like the down of a thistle. But I heard him exclaim ere he drove out of sight, Happy Christmas to all, and to all, a good night. And of course, before we go, we also do want to thank uh, everybody who submitted a holiday greeting, whether they gave us a new one or they're from uh, one of our past years as well. On the football side, Josh McGrain from Arlington, Judd Lutz from Columbian, Scott Garlock from Liberty Benton, Stefan Adams from Finley. On the basketball side, Jason Vermillion and Jimmy Nicholson from Arlington, along with Joey Hagemeyer from North Baltimore, Mark Bunn from Van Buren, Roger Jury, Steve Suter from Hopewell Loudon, Tom Loomis from Faustoria, Travis Kinn from Columbian, Ty Traxler from Elmwood, Jeremy Herr from Macomb, Jamie Young from Cary, along with on the baseball side, Calvert's Matt Coleman and Aaron Chaney from Arlington, and Lori Romback from Calvert Volleyball and Trina Hagemeyer from North Baltimore. And uh, Matt, I also thought it might be uh, a fun last thing before we go. Uh, we, of course, talked with uh, Jimmy Nicholson for, for our show last week. And when we were off air, we had him record the holiday greeting that uh, we had a little earlier on. But I think it's fair to say no. it, uh, it, it took a time or two for him to uh, get it just right. No, we're not. We're going to play that. I got his approval when I talked to him on Friday. So that that is, you know what? Yes. Merry Christmas, everybody. Happy holidays. Lance, roll it, baby. Just roll it.